Welcome to episode 11 of the Gym Podcast. Back in episode 5, Say the Hard Things, we received a comment from a man, we're assuming a man, we're not really sure, on uh, YouTube for our episode 5 from R.D. Robbins, we're assuming, R. Robbins, we're not sure, we only know your YouTube handle, uh, asking for us to do a video on how to study the Bible, which is fantastic. I think that's yeah, right up our sure. alley. I thought it was a great one and, and one that we could have covered ahead of time. We had some things rolling and some things we wanted to get to, but... We've, we've covered generically kind of like how to step up in your relationship, yeah, God, yeah. relationship with God was episode three. The The episode they commented on, episode five, was kind of about like standing up and being a man and saying the hard things about scripture. And I think that's probably what spurred on again, R.D. Robbins, whoever you are, we appreciate your comment. That's right. This is a direct response to you. Again, man, woman, we're not sure. But um, this is important because a lot of people, you know, we talk about, hey, you should study your Bible more. Great. How do I do it? So right. that, that's the point of this episode. Absolutely. And you're going to have a lot of young kids, probably, you know, the 15 to 25 range. They read the Bible. We're yeah. assuming, right? I mean, they read the Bible, which I is would hope great. So. Yeah. yeah, I would hope. I hope you are reading the Bible. And that's a fantastic place to start. But... I think this question is coming from a place of, okay, that's great, but then what? If we're reading the Bible, if that's all we ever do in life, it's not that you're bad for doing it. It's just that you're you're kind of seeing maybe a, a black and white picture on a page where as opposed to a 3D video. I mean, yeah. it's, you're missing a lot of context. You're missing a lot of cool things in the Bible that Bible study can bring out. And so we're not looking to disparage Bible reading in any way, but I don't think that should ever be the, the end of our Bible study, if that makes sense. So... The way that I would put it, because you kind of spurred me, that spurred me on to like an analogy. Think of your favorite movie. Maybe it's a maybe it's a Marvel movie, Star Wars. Uh, maybe it's none of those things. Picture your favorite movie, and then think about what it'd be like if you watch it in black and white with closed captioning. Mm. Didn't get to hear anything. Just get to read. Wow. Yeah. How different would that be? If you if that's all you ever did from the movie, would you still enjoy the movie? Maybe you know it's still you'd still get kind of the the general sure. theme of the movie. You'd get to see all the the parts, but then think about if you take that black and white closed captioning movie, and like you said, you get full color, you get all the sound effects, you get to pick up on so much more. That's kind of I guess the yeah. on the off the cuff. That's kind of the analogy. I, I like that there. analogy because the better we get a Bible study, the more it's kind of the Dolby Atmos sound. You know, yeah. where you're like you're really picking up on the subtleties, and you start to understand movies and the intricacies of how it's put together and so there's a wide range like you can watch a movie and go that's great and leave the theater or you can really understand movies and see pick up on thematic elements and oh they were referencing this and yep you know and so i i like that analogy i think that's great but i want to start with a question yeah why do it why do i even need to study deeper and, and that's a great question because i have no doubt uh, there are some maybe even watching this video within the church of young men 16 17 18 who are going Man, what's the big deal? Right. You know, like I read the Bible. I know the plan of salvation, right? I know that Jesus died for my sins. I know God's the creator. I know the Bible's inspired. Can't that be enough? Right. right. Do I real? Why do I even have to study deeper again? If that's you and you've got that question, don't be ashamed of that question. The question in and of itself is not necessarily a bad question, but we're here to answer that because you should be looking right. to study deeper. As Joe's talked about, we're not here to disparage somebody who just reads we're not here to disparage somebody who, again, all they know is the plan of salvation and kind of the general gist of the Bible. What we're here to do is talk about why you should want more, why you should need to know more. And if you really think about it, everybody has things they're interested in, right? Everybody has certain that we brought up movies. Maybe it's a, 
uh, maybe it's music that you're super interested in. Maybe it's a particular subject in school that you're just super interested in. Sure. When you're super interested in something, what do you want to do? You want to learn as much as you can about it. You want to uh, digest just as, as much content as you can. If you've got right. a celebrity you really like, you, you want to learn about them, right? What is the number one and really the primary only reason why we're here on this earth? To get to know God, to glorify God, and to prepare for the next life, right? right? If that's the topic and that's the subject that we're kind of being like, man, I'm, I'm content to just know the surface level on, that's not great. It's right. something that we really, again, it's the entire purpose of why we're here on the earth. And so that should be something that we want to, again, digest as much as we possibly right. can and get to know as much as we possibly can about the creator of the universe and about literally his written word that he gave to us, his manual, his... His, uh, again, just word that, that he left for us to know how to live, that he left for us to, like you said, all the cool things. You're like, man, yeah. this connects to this. Why would we not want to get to know that better would be my way of answering that question. Absolutely. This really is about deepening our relationship with the Almighty. Yeah. And if he is somebody who loves us enough to send his son to die for us, that's somebody that I think is worth knowing. And, okay, how do we get to know him? Well, he's laid this book out in front of us. So... It's not that we're in the dark about how to know God. He literally gave us 66 books to understand his character, well, to understand who he is and why he loves us. And this is, again, this is not to shame anybody and you know browbeat you over the head because, let's face it, the Bible is daunting. The Bible right. is overwhelming, especially if you're somebody who has never done any level of no deep doubt. study before. It's like, it's one of those things, the mountain is so tall, I'm not even going to bother trying to climb it. I right. think a lot of people have that mindset at the same time. This is the Godly Young Men podcast. If we are striving to be godly and we truly want to be godly, I don't think you can get there without right. trying to deepen your level of Bible study and, and figuring out how to do it. And so that's what this episode four is for because we recognize a lot of people don't know how. They right. hear that. Well, you got to study my Bible. I need to study my Bible. How do I do it? So um, I, wanna, I want you to get into kind of this first area um, that we wanted to address because a lot of people will jump to topical studies, sure. right? study baptism. I want to study um, Jesus. I want to study Jesus's love. I want to study forgiveness, fill in the blank, right? Sure. And so they'll go into the, go into Bible study in a very topical sense. Get into that. There's on the surface that might be a, an okay method to use. It definitely better not be your only method and your main method. We want right. to say, but go ahead and elaborate on that. I, one of the first things I was given, I think when I graduated high school was a strong concordance. Yep. This will help your your Bible study. Well, yes we disagree. And, yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. Um, I don't think I've opened that once. I don't even know where right. it is. I, I, it may be on my shelf at home. But that's the nature of topical Bible study is you open Strong's Concordance and go, okay, I'm going to preach about love. Right. Oh, wow. So, you know, John has a lot to say about love and John and 1 John, 2 John. Um, Paul uses love too. And then if we're going to... Solomon and Song of Solomon I, That's exactly love. it. Right. Song of Solomon talking about love. Wow. So it all must be the same, Right. Uh, wrong. Yeah, there are there are some key reasons why I would and steer. Maybe I, I hesitate to say steer clear of, or or to stay away from, but just to be cautious about topical. Well, because somebody that actually the person who R. D. Robbins again, we're going to reference him a lot. Actually commented one of the things in their comment was you know how to use concordances and maps yep. and dictionaries. And, and again, if you got a concordance and you like to use it, we're not trying to we're not trying to bash you here. No. Nothing wrong with it on the surface. 
It's not my favorite method either because, again, let's say, because number one, if you're just studying topics in the Bible, you can get so zoomed out that you never get as zoomed in as you need to be. But again, love or forgiveness would be another one, like I mentioned earlier. Or again, fill in the blank, you just go to a concordance and, man, you're bouncing all over the Bible. You're in so many different places. And what you end up doing, especially if you're studying to preach, which I know not everybody's going to be doing, but if you're trying to prepare a lesson, man, you're just bombarding your audience with scripture and this scripture and this scripture and this scripture. And it sounds bad to say, well, you're going to have too much scriptures or too many scriptures, but to some extent you are because you're not zeroing in and focusing on what is John trying to say here about X, Y, Z? What is Peter trying to say here rather than what is Peter, John, Moses, uh, Paul, all of them trying to say, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we get into what we call proof texting. Yeah. which is you go to the text to prove your point and you ripped it as as you know one of our preach one of my favorite preachers might say um ripping or kicking and screaming out of context we ripped it kicking and screaming out of context yeah. like and that's very much what we do when we prove text is we're we're taking maybe something that's said in Jonah or something that's said in Matthew and we're going this proves my point no if you look at the context actually that's not at all what he was saying but because it mentions the word and this Correct. was what where we get into we ran across a, a recent um your dad's post Facebook debacle Facebook yeah. debacle uh, 350 comments later and what you realize is people have a lot of poor Bible study in there because they go to 1 Corinthians 7 and go well this talks about singleness yeah what's the context of 1 Corinthians 7 what right. does he mean it's there? kind what's of the idea I mentioned this on our other podcast they just googled Bible verses about X right and then they get all this whole list oh cool then that applies to the situation and no so, it doesn't so scripture starts doing this it starts you know combating one yeah. another because he says this here and, and this says that there well which is it and so we kind of end up not speaking on any of them, and that's really dangerous too. And so the proof texting is really dangerous. Context is really important. That's a word we're going to use a lot here, and that gets us into kind of the next area. Again, topical study is not bad or wrong. Don't mishear us. It's not the best method of Bible study by any means, and it's one that I think you should pull out of your sheath every now and then. Not not a ton. It's it's useful in some instances, but not all the time. We want to argue for what we're going to call exegetical, or I guess there is a difference between exegetical and expository, so maybe you can get into that. But I've always referred to it as exegetical study, the idea that you are pulling out of the text. You, you take a text, you take a passage, and figure out what is God through his inspired authors trying to say. You literally pull the meaning out of it. Right. Get us into that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, expository is just how you preach more, sure. than, more than the Bible study. Exegesis is what we're getting into, which, yeah, what you're, you're pulling out of the text. Eisegesis is putting into the text. Hermeneutics is how we understand the text, what it actually means. Exegesis isn't looking so much on what it means to our lives and applying it, which is another thing that people like to do, I think. Yeah. Bible study, they read it and go, what does it mean to me? Which is fantastic. I think that's you need great. That in a we lot of need cases, that. Yeah. Right. But it also sometimes can miss the point of what is Paul trying to say to his audience? This gets us right into the idea you have in, in um, real estate, location, location, location. And what I would say is context, context, context. Yep. We have to understand what is the context? What's the historical context? What is the biblical context? You know, you may look at Paul's writings what is he trying to say in Romans? And then we can go into what does it mean in all of Paul's writings? And then we get outside Paul's writings and we see to the epistles and then yeah. to the New Testament. So we're actually, we we want to zoom in before we zoom out. And a lot of times, well, what does this mean to the New Testament? We're not there yet. What is Paul trying to say in Romans 6? Yeah. So context matters a whole lot. Which is why, again, to go back to the reading thing, it's great to read. Right. But... You know, you, you can come away with, oh, okay, well, I know the story, right? But what is, again, specifically in the New Testament, Ben, what is Paul saying in this passage? Right. What is Peter trying to, why was this so important for him to feel the need to write this to the church, uh, you know, first century Christians back then? 
you miss that if you just kind of, oh yeah, read over it. And again, let's face it, I, I am the world's most guilty of this, not to just stick on the reading point. If you're reading three, four chapters at a time, how easy is it to just kind of mentally glaze over, right? And just kind of, yeah, you're processing the words, but not really. Man, get your four chapters done out of there. That That's dangerous. I, well, I think I've said it before. This isn't patting myself on the back at all because it's actually embarrassing. I've read through the Bible three times when I was younger, like you just read it nightly. There are times when I run across something in the Old Testament that I'm like, <laughs> you're like that wasn't there before. I, it was not there before. I've never read that in my life. Yeah. I, I don't ever recall reading it. Yeah, probably because I was reading it midnight and I was like half asleep. I got through and, my chapter. All right. Yeah. Like I wasn't paying attention. There was no level of engagement there. And it's very easy to have the eyes kind of glaze, yeah. glaze over and to say, well, I did my Bible reading, but study is so like it, it you're you're engrossed in it right yeah. it's it's got your attention and well you look at it from all the different angles rather than yeah. just the one angle reading and moving on and that's again kind of gets us into the exegetical side of, of understanding the depth of the scriptures right. we we use that analogy to start of you know black and white 2D as opposed to a 3D surround sound that's really what you get when you sit down and you exegetically yeah. study. Now, is it overwhelming? Yeah. You take a book like uh, Romans is the one I'm currently studying. You're like, oh, it's only 16 chapters. That's a breeze. No, it is not. Right. It is not a breeze to sit down and exegetically study that. But again, if you're somebody who hopefully you are wanting to get to a deeper level and wanting to get past just knowing the story and, and mm-hmm. reading your Bible, man, this is where you got to start. So let's get into that next area of how do I study exegetically? Uh, again, that's the method that we think is the best. Um, the method that we think if you're trying to, let's say you're trying to teach on a passage, that's probably the method you need to take. Joe, how do we study exegetically? Sure. First thing you want to know, want to know is the type of literature. There is that's apocalyptic a literature, yeah. right? So we're, we're going to get into Revelation, and we're going to use that the same way that I'm studying Romans. Mm, Better no, not. Yeah. No, there's two different. Wisdom literature. You know, you get into the Psalms, the Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, it's wisdom literature. Like, that is going to look a little different. There's going to be some hyperbole. There's going to be some things that aren't tracking word for word the way you might with a minor prophet. So Even even in the New Testament, which you ever oh, think, yeah. oh, that's mostly the same. Acts and Ephesians are very different. That's right. Very different. Obviously different authors, but Acts, you're getting so many geographical details. Yes. It's, it's history. It's a history book. Right. And, and the others aren't intended to be history as much as their epistles. He's trying to get a specific point across. Well, we can do that with Luke. He's trying to get a specific point across. But more than anything, Luke's arc from Luke and Acts to Theophilus is telling the story of Jesus in the early church. And yeah, that's the arc, but there's a historical aspect to that. Whereas, I'm not saying, again, Ephesians is yeah. historical, but that's not the main point of it. So the first thing we have to realize is, what are we reading? Is it apocalyptic literature? Is it epistle? Is it, um, is, again, is it minor prophet? Is it a book of history? Is it wisdom? So that helps. Um, the other thing is the the to, to move us on the zoomed in versus zoomed out approach. Again, right. the reading and just kind of knowing the story is a very zoomed out approach. One of the ways I do it, especially if I'm trying to understand a passage or a section, you have to zoom in. You know, take take three or four verses at a time, or take right. one section of eight to nine verses at a time, rather than okay, I got, I got to knock out four chapters today. Man, you're gonna be very surface level if right. you just if you got a man knock out your four or five chapters versus take some time take these six verses which for Paul is sometimes one sentence Paul oh, yeah. is tough sometimes yep. because of his run on sentences at least in English and so some that takes a lot of time to sometimes break down and say well why does he go here why does he use this example 
that's what we mean when we're, when we're talking about the difference between, again, especially topical and exegetical study. You're taking a section of Scripture or a that's passage, right. sometimes two verses, and really digging in and saying, what is he trying to say here? We want to start with, anytime you're going to exegete, you want to start by reading the entire book. Yeah. That's why you're not starting with, with Isaiah, 66 chapters in Isaiah. Like, you're going to be there for a while. If you're just getting there, start with something small. We're going to get into this a little bit later of, of some of our tips of what we do. But you want to start with reading the entire book. So you'd read all 16 chapters of, of Romans because it is a letter. That's how it's intended to be read. Imagine them showing up, the Romans showing up on uh, you know to the Roman church on Sunday, and they read the first, like, hey, we got this new letter from the Apostle Paul, and they read three chapters, which chapters are added later, right? But they it's read like a the TV part. show. It's like, come back next week. Yeah, for the, that's yeah. exactly <laughs> it. All right, guys, I think that's uh, we're about time here. Like, yeah. Of course, they're going to read the entire thing and say, okay, what is Paul trying exactly. to tell us here? So start by reading that. Once you get the context, then I think you're absolutely right. We want to go by, you know, not just the the book as a whole, not just chapters, not just pericopes or passages. We want to get down to the verse. We want to get down all the way to the word level. Why do you use this particular word? It's interesting when you get into something like Ephesians 1. Yeah. Why is he using the word predestined? Yeah. That's very interesting. Inheritance, redemption. Yes, exactly. He's got a specific use for those words. Why is Paul using this here? And what does inheritance have to do with the rest of Ephesians? Well, maybe there's some things there, right? Maybe right. he mentions that once, twice, a couple times. So we want to get into from the word to the to the phrase to the verse all the way up. On that note, we got to move on. But on that note, this is why I, I like having a Bible that has kind of the subheadings of like, okay, this next section is yep. going to be about this. Because to me, if I'm trying to glance through and find something really quick, it helps. Okay, it's, it's somewhere in these verses. Right. That can get you into trouble sometimes. Even the chapter breaks can mm. get you into trouble. Because it's what like, does our brain do? It's like, oh, cool, new chapter, new thought. something new. Yep. Not always the case. And in many cases, the chapter break can do a lot of harm because it's true. like, oh, new topic when it's definitely not a new topic you know when they went back and translated obviously they i think they did a decent job of like somewhat of a new branch of a thought but man there's times where it's like this is definitely exactly what he was talking about in the same line of thought as 15 verses ago but you've gone through a a subheading change you've gone through a chapter change and so your brain might think oh it's something different when it's not so be careful that's a great point that is a great point so the other thing, kind of to wrap up the exegetical point before we, you know, move on in the outline is, it does help to know the Greek. People will talk yeah, about the Greek. Point. It does help to know the Greek. Look, you're not ever going to be a Greek scholar, most likely. I mean, good, good for you if you do. Uh, most of us aren't going to be Greek there's, scholars. So there's two sides of this. This I, I'm going to use a uh, sports analogy here. Sure. It's kind of like soccer. So follow me here. So okay. there's there are two different types of soccer fans. And both of them are really, really annoying. The two extremes of soccer fans. You've got one side of soccer fans that or I'm sorry, not soccer fans, people that observe soccer. One side says, man, that's a sissy sport. They, you know, they just flop all the time. And anybody who watches soccer is lame. You've got the other side that are the soccer diehards that anytime somebody like shows an interest in soccer, World Cup, it's like, man, you're not a true fan. You don't know this and this. And, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's like kind of bullying the people yes, that aren't quote-unquote so real true. fans. <laughs> I think so we can true. do that sometimes with the Greek yeah. uh, when it comes to Bible study. You have one side that's like, man, if you don't know the Greek, you might as well not even study at all. You yeah. have to know the Koine Greek and this and that. And then you have another side that's like, man, that is pointless. It's written in plain English. Just right. read it. You know what I mean? You've got two sides. As the one says, you absolutely have to know it. And the other side that kind of makes fun of the Greek nerds. Yes, that's such a great analogy. I think you go down the you got to go down the middle to some extent. Obviously, if you have the time and the capabilities to dive into the Greek language, go for it. Most people don't have that time. Right. And so to your point, and sorry to keep 
you know, no, you're good, dominating you're good. here, the conversation you can take over in a second. It helps to know, to have a, a resource, a program that where you can see, okay, these are the two same Greek words and they're translated differently right. in English. You may not be a Greek scholar and know what know how to pronounce those Greek words, but you can see they're the same. Yep. And so that that kind of thing really helps. So it helps to be able to dabble in it and to be able to look at it without necessarily being a scholar. Blue Letter Bible, um, yeah, Logos, that's a great I one. think Open Bible uh, is one that I heard. Open Bible recently could be off on that. Um, there's a few that that if you're interested in that form of study, yeah. that's great. Don't overuse it. You know, you're not going to yeah. be. It's good for study. It's helpful, but. We're not here to show how smart we are. So that's just, it, it's it's part of the tool. It's the same thing as topical. There's a great use for topical. You know, if you're studying head coverings, whatever it may be, it's a great time to maybe look at the topical yeah. and whatnot. If you're studying head coverings, maybe a great time to look at the Greek too. What does he mean by kataklutai exactly. and, you know, some of the Greek stuff. And so I got another question for you, sure. though, not so much on the Greek note, because the last thing we're going to do is kind of talk about our personal tips and advice and things sure. that we would, you know, advise you as far as things that have helped us along the way. But how does the Old Testament differ? Because mm. we talked about different literary structures. Obviously, yep. you are not going to study um, Philippians the same way you're going to study Second Samuel. Right. Um, because the Old Testament, man, there's a lot of history in there. There's a lot of things that, again, you're not going to study it the same. And so yep. some people might be tempted to, man, if I need to study exegetically, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, et cetera, those are easier to study exegetically, so I'll just do that. Right. We neglect the Old Testament. So... How does somebody, how do those two things differ and what should our approach be as far as Old, New Testament? Because Old Testament is also really big. Like Isaiah is is intimidating. So how do we do that? It's so intimidating. Where do we start? Right. Uh, Yeah. Where do you start? I mean, you get into the weeds and something like Leviticus. And if you start at the beginning of Genesis, there's 50 chapters. Like, my goodness. But even Genesis is different because it's like exciting, right? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of exciting stories. stories. Yeah. Yeah. But then you get to, again, Jeremiah. Oh, yeah. What is happening here? So... It's very key to to recognize it's given for our uh, instruction, right? As Paul says, we want to read it. We want to do the same thing. You got to read through the entire book. That takes a lot longer in the Old Testament for a lot of these things. We want to come to what the what they're saying, what we think they're saying, and getting a picture of right. what that is, um, which is important. But the Old Testament is mainly going to differ in the fact that it's again a lot of it is going to be history. That's where you really want to understand: is it wisdom? Is it history? Is it? Um, is it a prophet, major, minor prophet? Those things are going to read a little differently. You're still going to keyword. You're still going to figure out what are they saying? What's some of the keywords? Yeah. But more than anything, I think this is where you get into the themes a lot more. And you're getting into the shadows, the types and the shadows. And this gets into a little deeper study. But for Old Testament, why is you know why is, is the Exodus important? Them crossing the Red Sea. Why is that important? Yeah. Well, when we look at the New Testament, we recognize that, oh, wow, that actually is a shadow of us going through baptism, going through the water, right? And then we see the theme of water, which maybe is more topical, but we see the theme of water. Why is that such a key theme? Sure. The Nile and, and the Red Sea, all this coming up in Exodus. Why is that such a key theme in Exodus? And Why again, is he saying water? So we're asking different questions. Sometimes you can miss that if you're just yeah. like, let me get through my four chapters tonight. Not trying to denigrate daily Bible reading plans, but sometimes you can miss that yeah. because you're not you're just focused on getting it done and checking it off. So I would look more again, you can still keyword, but I look I'd really consider key theming sure. the book in the Old Testament. What is really going on here? Uh judges. Every, every man did what was right in his own eyes. I mean, that's key to the book of Judges. It says it right at the, the end, but it like ends, it's yeah. it's key to the book to say, okay, what has been happening? Well, we've gone through all of these people, God's, you know, the the leadership, how do the people respond to the leadership? So from a theme element, then we can see that within the book of Judges, but then we also see from a Bible story, like the overarching theme, we see how that fits into the New Testament as well. 
So I want to transition into our the last point on our outline, which is personal tips, some advice. I yeah. mean, if we're looking at, we got somebody young, they say, okay, this is great, a lot of good stuff, but you know, where do we go from here? What what is kind of the first step that we take? And so for you, the personal tips or advice. The first thing I guess I would ask is, what is something that has helped you along the way in your personal study? Yeah, so we we've actually each got three things that we want to point out, th- three tips you might say that have really helped us. But before we before we really get to those, uh, again, the the person who requested this episode talked about, you know, how do we use maps and dictionaries and again concordances, and and those can be very helpful, especially. Man, some people are really visual learners, and so if they're sure. reading about a lake or they're reading about a place that Paul visited or they're reading about uh, the Sea of Galilee where Jesus was, it can kind of go not in one ear, in one eye and out the other. I don't know. That's probably not the right phrase, sure, but sure. they don't visualize it. But right. you pull out a map, a color yeah. map that the internet can be great for, or maybe in the back of your Bible. Naves, topical, Halley's. I mean, there's and a it few, clicks yeah. with them. It stays with them. Like, oh, yep. that's what that is, and that's where Paul went. So use those things. And goodness, sure. in our information age, you can find that stuff. Oh, yeah. Same thing with dictionaries of like, okay, what is... What does that word mean in English? What word does, or what does that mean in Greek? In the Greek version of the word, use the internet for that. I think the internet's great. Obviously, be be careful because you you can't trust everything you read on the right. internet, especially when you're getting into doctrinal studies and things that you know Calvinism and predestination that a lot of the Calvinists believe in, things like that. You go to the wrong source, you can oh, yeah. be led astray in many different ways. Baptism, women's drills, all that stuff. So be careful. But man, the internet's got some good stuff. Um, I want you to well. Let's say this. The other thing that I want that we want to get into before we get, I'll, I'll let you give your first uh, sure, tip. Sure. You might say here. Um, what are some good books to start in? Like mm. because that would be the first thing that I would say. I don't know that this is technically not one of the things that I have down. Pick a book, go for it. Again, yeah. we talked about how daunting and overwhelming it can be. People look at it, this huge mountain to climb. Yeah, where do I start? Take yeah. the first level of the mountain. Yeah, pick a book. Pick a book that maybe you're fascinated by. What I've always done because I would kind of know the general story of most books. Um, specifically, the New Testament is like, okay, what is the one that I know the least about? Mm. Now, again, Revelation is not the best place to start. Right. But we're right, talking yeah. about the easier ones or to you. study. What what are what is one that I'm not super familiar yeah. with? And that's where I would go. Maybe for you, it's like, okay, I know a little bit about this book, but I want to know a whole lot more. I want to become an expert in it. Start there, but start with one book. But what do you have to? What's your first tip you want to give? Yeah, I would say start small, then move big. Yeah, I mean that's that. Again, don't start with Isaiah. Don't start with Matthew. That's 28 chapters. That's a lot to chew into. Now, if you've been doing some exegetical study, get into Matthew, recognize the context. It's a Jewish context, right? And so there's a lot there about going back. That's fantastic. But you know what? If you're just starting out, we're talking books like Ephesians, yeah. Philippians, Colossians. I think we had talked about James and 1 John. I would. Those are five fairly short New fairly Testament short. books. That's yeah. right. You're talking six chapters, four chapters, four chapters. What is it? Five and five. So pretty short. First John's really easy. If you want to work on a keywording book, go to First John. Yeah. Because just the the syntax of John is super basic, or First John that is, where he doesn't use a lot of words. He actually uses a you know fairly short amount, and so there's a lot of keywording to do throughout. So I would say my first tip would be start small and then move big, because it, once again the key is you need to read the entire book to start. One of the things that really helps me this will get me into my first one. Um, I. I always take a notebook, or in my case, I'll take my laptop and start a Word document. And as I'm going through, let's say I'm, I'm going, I'm taking a three-verse section. You know, maybe for Paul again, that's one sentence. I will try to kind of re-summarize that, or basically like I'm writing my own commentary. What do I think Paul said here? How would I, if I was trying to explain this, these three verses to somebody else in my own words, what would I do? And I'll right. write that down, or I'll type that out in my Word document. 
before I go look at any commentaries or, or look at any other material. And the reason for that, because I'm going to get into later, commentaries are really helpful and, and internet resources are really helpful. But what we can get a really bad habit of is, well, let me just go find somebody else to tell me what the verse right. says. Let right. me let me read the verse and then immediately go somewhere else to see what an expert has to say. What that does is that never trains your brain to you try to comprehend right. what is Paul trying to say. You try to comprehend what Peter's going to say. If you're always just jump into the commentary and jump into, well, let me have somebody else tell me how to do it or tell me what it says. That's a, that's a problem. So for me, something that helps me and something I think everybody should do is you try to figure it out first. Yeah, You're not going to get there on every passage. You're going to be lost on some passages. That's what the commentaries and other things are for. But that's where I would start is if you're, let's say you're in Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 1 through 7. What is Paul trying to say in those seven verses? That's you right. try to determine it yourself before going somewhere else. That'd be my first one. Yeah, no, I think that's great. That's great. Um, My second, become an expert on a book of the Bible. What I mean by that is it's very tempting to get into Ephesians, study it for a few days, and go, okay, I think I, I think I got the point of Ephesians. Let me move on, yeah. Maybe stay a little longer. Maybe yeah. stick around to where you are. You know Ephesians better than anybody else in your life, and you're fascinated by it. And did you know that he uses this word? Ephesians is something my mind has been on because I've been you know studying through, and, and we got something which we'll say toward the end of, of what we're working on. But Ephesians is such a good book to really break down, okay, what is he saying? The first three chapters really seem to be about some of that, you know, orthodoxy, some of the doctrine of the right. church. And, and there seems to be a split. He starts using the word walk a lot in chapter four. What does that mean? Well, maybe it's the practice of the church, the orthopraxy, right? So you're starting to pull that apart. And when you dig into these different things and you start understanding Ephesians, um, you become more of an expert yeah. on that. And so you can go talk to your friends and you can talk to your preacher and you can talk to your parents about it and say, wow, this is really cool and I'm excited about it. Instead of, yeah, I think I know what, you know, I'll move on. You kind of get you master it in a way. Obviously, right. you're never going to know everything about it, but you master it to the point where in a daily convert, in a regular conversation, you don't have to like bring it, refer to your notes. No, you got it right. all up here because you spent so much time on it. That's exactly it. One of the things that I'd always tell people when I, I, I taught a teen class for a few years, and I still do this even in, um, or do Nashville School of Preaching, and I said, I want you to know this book so well that. Basically, if anybody asks you on the street, what is it about? What's the keys? Any of that stuff? You can, you can it give out. it exactly yeah. as you just said. I don't have to look at notes. You know it that well yeah. that I can spout anything and everything. I, I can quote a lot of this because I've been studying it so much that I didn't even have to sit there and memorize and go back over again and again. I can quote it. Or at least if somebody quotes it, I go, oh, yeah, that's Ephesians 4 Again, verse 5. Again, to, to beat our dead horse analogy here, your favorite movie. You know the plot of the movie. You know yep. details about the movie. You know the characters. You, you know the quotes. You know a lot oh, about yeah. it. Same thing here. That's right. Um, let me get into my next yeah, one go here. For it. Um, don't be afraid to write and underline in your Bible. Some mm -hmm. people are weird about that. It helps me a ton. We talked Big about keywords a little bit. If you're going through and you're exegetically studying a New Testament book, highlight those keywords. For me, I underline them in the same color so that you can, especially because I'm somebody who teaches every now and then. So quick glance, I can see, oh, that word's here, 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 oh, yeah. here because of the, the color and the underlining. If you're somebody who, again, you, you like to write notes down, if you've got a wide margin Bible, don't be afraid to write a note down, something that you can help that, that helps you remember something about that particular yep. section. Helps me a lot to be able to go through, and again, if I'm trying to explain it to somebody or I'm trying to make it stick in my brain, having those colors, having the, the highlights and the underlines really helps it stick with me. And pens, like the Micron pens. Yes, the, the Pigma really Microns and, and Zebrites. Um, those are great Bible marking tools. You want a Bible that has a little thicker pages where you can do that. But you alluded to it, and this is so important. You and I both preach. Um, you may not be a preacher, but you know what? You may be called on to give a spur-of-the-moment uh, devo. Well, do you have a word to share with us? You go, oh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
Open your Bible. Don't yeah, be been, the guy that's like, man, I got nothing. Sorry. Let's right. Move on to the next one. You know what? Yeah. I've been in Ephesians recently, and yeah. I found some really cool stuff because I was noticing, all you need to do is, I was noticing that, that this word walk appears a few times in Ephesians, and and if we look, walk in a manner worthy of love and walk in a, in a way of imitate, imitating Christ, and, and we start walking in all of these different areas, and next thing you know, you got a four or five point sermon. And what was that from? You highlighted. It's from your personal study. You highlighted exactly. in your personal yeah. study, and all you got to do is look at it. Matter of fact, I can visualize in my mind where it is in my Bible because I like the way it's laid out. I know exactly where those things are, yeah. and so instant uh, Devo ready to go because you wrote it in your Bible. I think that's a great point. Um, I'll give my last one, and then I'll, I'll flip it over to you. Find someone you can trust. Find someone that you do trust and study with them. Yeah. My brother's this for me. Man, I got a million and one questions. I go, man, what is what is this about? What are your thoughts on this? Chances are he studied it. He's studied a lot of his scripture. And so I may not agree with him on everything. Matter of fact, there's a few things we disagree on. But most of the time, we're able to either yeah. work it out or challenge one another and say, why do you believe this? So finding someone that you trust, and I'm sure you got somebody as well, that you can go to and say, all right, what is this about? I've been studying through Ephesians, and he uses this particular word, and I don't know what that is. What do you got for me? What have you seen in this passage? And if you're somebody going, man, I got nobody, um, and reach out to us. We we don't know you very well, yeah. but we'd love to to help you kind of steer you in the right direction. But I mean, maybe it's your dad, maybe it's an elder, maybe That's it's right. uh, the preacher at your congregation. There's somebody out there that can help you with that. So that leads me to, to my final one. Kind of ties into that. Find resources that you trust. Yeah. I'm a, again, I, I talked about how hey, you try to figure it out yourself first, but then do not be afraid to go look at a commentary. Don't be afraid to find a podcast or a sermon online or, or something. Um, that you think would really help you because in a lot of times or for a lot of uh, different topics, it can really help shed a different light on it, right? Provide a different perspective. Maybe you think you know it really well. And then lo and behold, you read a commentary, you listen to something and you're like, I never thought of that. Yeah. But because somebody's else, somebody else's eyes were on it, it really helped you understand. So again, got to be careful with that because a lot of people badly misinterpret the Bible. So that's why I made it clear. Find resources you trust. Find a commentary. Find something that you go to multiple times. And you're like, yeah, this this one's solid. So this is the one I'll refer to first. Yeah. Again, you can do that in the form of a person. Do that in the form of commentary. That would be our last step because again, you're not going to be able to understand everything. Yeah. Find the people who have studied it much better or much longer than you have, and go to them. Anything else to add as far as that goes before we wrap up? I want you to actually. Uh, I've, ask you, and then I'm going to answer my own question. Get into what we're launching with Focus Press here in the next few weeks. We don't have it out yet, but we've got it coming in the next few weeks. We really hope it's going to help people like you who are watching families who want to study the Bible deeper. We hope so. So I put together something called Focus on the Word. These are video series that I was doing that kind of went nowhere. Um, You know, only uh, only a few watchers on those. But though, if you want to go check out what we're talking about, go check out Focus on the Word videos. They should still be up on YouTube. We are doing an Ephesians guide of Focus on the Word. And what it is, is there's going to be a triple-spaced, um, thick paper, like real thick, so you can take regular markers of the entire book of Ephesians. We have a key at the at the very beginning of here are some key phrases, here are some key thoughts, some ideas, some words that you want to look for. Um, and we have a QR code that's going to take you to a page where it's got videos showing my breakdown of the text um, and how to exegete. I'm going to do a brief video on what are we looking for? What does exegesis mean? So that's going to be coming out again in the next month. We are, are very excited to launch that Focus on the Word Ephesians, and we're very, very excited to uh, to dig into it's that. It's going to be perfect if you're somebody who, again, is like, I've never done this before. I've got no idea. That's what we designed this that's for. Right. Um, it's going to be good for you to do as an individual. It's going to be great for you to do dad and son, even mother and son, mother and daughter. Even obviously Bible study is not limited to just guys, but that's who's watching our show. Sure. Um, and so, it's again, 
study with somebody else, study for classes even, um, or as far as a whole class studying it. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. Focus on the word. Um, Ephesians guide is going to be the first one. We're super excited about it. We will, uh, let you guys know when it's ready to, to purchase and things. Um, go ahead. We are also going to do some shout outs though, because you were recently at, this was so cool. Yeah. So, you know, we just launched this in January and it's been really fun. We've really enjoyed it. Um, absolutely learning the video side has been different, but really just sitting down and kind of talking about, you know, how we want to raise our sons and, and what we think godly masculinity should be. It's been really enjoyable for us. And, you know, it's been one of those things that we hope everybody else is too, but you know, it's a virtual world. And so, you know, we get good comments and we appreciate it, but it's like, Man, that's we're kind of disconnected from mm-hmm. it. Well, I went to CYC with with my wife, and we had a booth up, and we had a video play. I had a banner with the Godly Young Men podcast logo, and it was really cool to meet some of the people that came up and said, "Man, I really enjoy your podcast." That's so cool. And several times I was assuming they meant Think Deeper, which is our other podcast yeah. that we don't have a video version of. And I'd go, "Oh, thank you. You know, you're talking about Think Deeper," and they'd be like, "No, Godly Young Men podcast, the Gym Podcast." And it was just that's so cool. Uh, Carson McNabb was, was a young man. If you're watching Carson. Drop a comment. It was really cool to meet you from Las Casas uh, and close to Murfreesboro here in Tennessee. Came up with several of his friends, bought several books, um, but told me they, he really Thanks, enjoys Carson. watching. So, Carson, hey, My drop man. us a comment. It was really good to meet My you. The man. other one, talked to these uh, uh, these two, father and son, for a while. Uh, I want to get the name right. Carlos and Noah Molina. Uh, Carlos came up to me at, at CYC again, same thing, said, hey, really enjoy y'all's podcasts. Um, and so that was just really cool. He brought his son, really cool. Noah. So Carlos and Noah, if you're watching or if you're listening, uh, head to YouTube and drop us a comment. We, Thanks, I guys. really enjoyed meeting you. Hopefully Joe, you'll get to meet him at some point. We're going to be at to, yeah. to leaders. We're going to be at some other conferences and things, but we always enjoy meeting face to face. We love the, the comments on, on online, but it's again, virtual. We're kind of disconnected from it. We love seeing you in person even more. So, uh, Carson, uh, Noah, uh, what was Carlos. the other one? Carlos. Drop a comment. We really enjoyed seeing you at CYC. Again, we're going to be at Lads to Leaders here in three weeks. So if you're in the Middle Tennessee area, if you're going to be at Lads to Leaders, drop by the Focus Press booth. Say hello. I'm going to be there the whole time. Joe will be there some of the time. I'll be there, yeah. So, uh, yeah, let us know. Anything else to add? We've we've gone long on this episode, but it's really important to to wrap up the Bible study portion of this. Again, hopefully you don't have this attitude, but I guarantee you some people do of, man, I know the story. I know the plan of salvation. Does this really matter? It does. It does matter. Because you get to know God better. You get to know why, you know, why is this passage even in the Bible in the first place? He put it there for a reason. And it's not for you to just kind of skim past and never think about. We need to get to, everybody right. has a higher level they can get to. Strive for greatness, right? Godly right. Young Men Podcast. That's what this is all about. So if you have questions, if you have things you want to know more about, if you have resources that, you, that you're wondering, how, well, how do I get a hold of this? Message us on Instagram, comment on YouTube. Or if uh, you have resources that you love, personally. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I didn't even, didn't even reference this one. Let us know. We're trying to grow in our Bible study as well. Absolutely. We're, we're not coming from on high that we're perfect at it. This is just something that we've... It's helped we've us along Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so if you have something that's really made a difference in your Bible study comment let us know we would love to to know about that as well for sure for sure i think that's it so we will catch you guys next week for episode 12 of the godly young men podcast 